0: Welcome back to Never Alone. October is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month, and so in this episode, we will be covering a story on loss. Loss can be triggering for many, so we wanted to go ahead and inform you before we get started with this episode. We will be interviewing a brave woman who is willing to share her story and be vulnerable with you. I hope you enjoy this episode, and let's jump right in. This is a special interview for me personally because Kenzie and I actually grew up together. We were neighbors. We lived two doors down from each other and we've been best friends all through elementary school. And, you know, we've stayed in touch ever since. So, this is a very sweet um, and dear to my heart interview. And, I'm very sad that this is um, an interview we're having under these circumstances. I wish that wasn't the case. But Kenzie, we are so glad you're here. And we just are really honored that you're um, willing to come on and share your story. So welcome.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be on. Like Madison said, you know, we did grow up next door neighbors um, growing up. You know, I'm from Georgia originally. Um, I am the youngest of four, uh, kids and I think that plays a big part in my story because I have, um, 11 nieces and nephews, so I have a lot of kids, um, in my story for sure. Yes, that, uh, does make this journey very challenging when you
0: have a lot of nieces and nephews and a lot of babies that you're spending time with on a daily basis.
1: Yes, for sure.
0: So tell us a little bit about you and your husband and kind of y'all's life recently.
1: Yeah. So um, me and my husband, we've been together for almost eight years, Um, been married almost four of those years. So we have definitely been together for a while. Um, You know, currently we just finished our fourth um, Airbnb that we have in Helen, Georgia. So definitely been very busy with that. And um, just we both work full time. We both are remote, um, which is really nice as well. That is amazing. I love that. So if you're ever in Helen,
0: you can check out their Airbnbs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which is so fun. Um, yes. Okay, that is amazing. Well, let's jump in a little bit to y'all's um, infertility journey. So kind of just let us know when y'all started trying and that whole journey, how did that get started?
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, I, um, I mean, I have been on the birth control pill, honestly, since I was like 15 years old. Um, my mom put me on it, you know, just to help me with my periods and everything like that. You know, that's the reason why I initially got on it. Um, so after we had been married about a year, super excited, like, we're going to get off the pill, we're going to start trying, you know, blissfully, definitely, <laughs> um, thinking, you know, it might happen within like three months or so. Um, I decided not to tell anyone that I was trying, um, not even like my close friends or, you know, any of my family. Um, I just kind of had a feeling and even though I thought maybe it was going to happen, you know, within 3 months or so, I just wanted it to be private. Yeah. Um, which I'm very thankful I did because, you know, a lot of people, I mean, people were definitely asking, you know, like, "When are you guys going to have kids?" I mean, that was a big thing because I mean, especially having 11 <laughs> nieces and nephews, it was everybody's like, "When's your turn?" you know, and I would right. always Thankfully, being the youngest, I feel like I kind of got to cop out being like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm the youngest, like, it doesn't need to happen for me yet, you know, type thing. Yeah. Um, But I think, you know, I'd been like around six months of trying. I was like, okay, this isn't normal or, you know, what's going on. Um, So then, you know, we started doing the ovulation strips and everything like that. And Um, I was definitely getting heartbroken every time you'd get a negative pregnancy test. Um, I didn't realize it was going to be that, you know, even though we weren't, we were trying, but we weren't like, oh yeah, we have to have a baby by this point. Um, yeah, it still plays
0: with your emotions. Just even if you're not, you know, two or three years in, it still plays with your emotions taking a test every month.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then, um, you know, once we almost hit our year of trying, you know, I was like, okay, I'm gonna make an appointment with um, the specialist, you know, just see. So I did make an appointment. And um, I told her, you know, we've been trying almost a year and she literally like laughed at me. And she was like, Oh, you have nothing to worry about and i oh was like my gosh yeah and i was like and also i don't go to this ob anymore um and i was just like wait is that normal so you know i i was really confused you know obviously i'm like looking on everything on the internet um, yeah i was eating you know super clean i've always been very healthy and um, you know, very active and everything like that. Um, I definitely did like Morgan. I know she had talked about, did all like the toxins in her home. And yeah. you know, Was I, I started becoming like that too, you know, like, yeah. I, like I can't have bleach in my house. I can't in my house you know like I just became obsessive about that you know I was like anything I can do to try to get pregnant I don't understand you know right and they, they were like no nothing you should be fine like there's no more testing or anything that we need to start now um so that's kind of how we started oh man
0: that is I mean that's a hard journey especially when your OB just laughs at you for that yeah <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm so sorry. Um, well, yes, to those listening, you know, trying for a year is um, just as exhausting um, and it's brutal to go through. So how, how how was y'all's marriage throughout that whole like trying
1: period? How would you say your marriage was strong or did y'all struggle? Yeah, I think when we started, we we're so excited because we were like, oh my gosh, we're gonna have a baby, you know. Um, and then once it started getting like, you know, month after month, getting your period and everything like that, it definitely became um, a toll, I would say on our marriage and, yeah. you know, just getting frustrated. And also, I feel like, um, sometimes it's- the guy like they are not as emotional you know they're not going through this like you know getting your period and everything like right. that so um and i had a lot of frustration where Um, you know, my husband is really like laid back personality type thing. He's like, we don't need to worry. Like, it's fine. And I'm like, is it fine? Like, it's been almost a year. Like, you know, I was just like, is that normal? And he's like, it's okay. Like, you know, so that type of thing where I would just start getting really frustrated. And then, you know, obviously seeing like, all your friends having babies and posting things and then, you know, my family and everybody like passing me by. Like, I'm like, I, I thought I was going to get pregnant, you know, in a year and things like that. So, um, I definitely would say during that time it was really hard for our marriage.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would totally agree, you know, personally as well. I remember eventually explaining to my husband that I I was pretty regular every month. So I mean, you know, knew when my period was coming. I knew when I was ovulating, we were still obviously checking, but mm-hmm. it's crazy as a woman, because it, I feel like every time you go to the bathroom, you're like either looking for ovulation, you're looking for a period. You're like, you just know your body so well that mm-hmm. I feel like that's all you're focusing on. And the male just does not have that
1: because they're not going through it physically you know right right exactly and even like for me i was like oh you know we kind of like i was telling my husband like let's like try not to try like i would say that (laughs) but i'm like that did like i still was testing every single month and right you know getting
0: your hopes up for sure yes yes you definitely get your hopes up but i know so many people can relate to that in marriage of you know The husband, they're trying to be supportive and carefree and just telling us not to worry. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's hard because we do worry and we're trying to get pregnant, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Okay, so we, you know, we'll kind of move into talking about, unfortunately, your loss. So we would love to just kind of hear your story about that. And, you know, you can share as much detail as you feel comfortable but tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. um, You know, so we ended up actually getting pregnant naturally. Um, It was like right at that year mark um, of when we initially started trying. Um, You know, so obviously we're so excited. Um, I found out really early on. Um so we got to go to the ultrasound at like six weeks because I was, you know, mapping everything out. Um
0: yeah and so
1: we saw her heartbeat. Um we actually went to the ultra like a couple times because the next next week i actually had a little bit of bleeding and i was you know freaking out Mm -hmm. what's going on um turns out it was just like implantation bleeding um the baby was looking great she was growing um everything like that and then we didn't we told i think my family around that like 10 week mark um you know we waited And then I really hadn't told any of my friends yet or anything like that. Um, We ended up taking the um, genetic testing, you know, where we'd be able to find out the gender early, um, Mm -hmm. earlier than the ultrasound. So we ended up taking that. And then um, a few days later, you know, my OB calls and um, lets me know. She's like, hey, we got insufficient results, like um, you know, this happens time to time, nothing to worry about type thing. I was just like, okay, you know, I'm sure it's had fine.
0: You, yeah. Had you heard of anybody else get insufficient results or knew anything about that before your OB told you?
1: No, I never heard that, you know, okay. so obviously I'm like Googling and right, and, and a lot of, a of, lot of overweight people get insufficient results. Okay. So that was, that was the only thing that was like popping up when I okay. was looking um, or if you have twins, okay. that's really common. And I, my brother and sister, they are twins. Um, okay. And then, you know, my grandma's a twin. We have twins. So I was like, oh, it's probably twins. You know, it's nothing to worry about. Right. Um, and then, yeah, so I came back in for my next test. And at this point, I was around like 14 weeks. Um, so I took the other test and then it came back insufficient again. Um, and that was on a Friday when my, um, OB called and she was like, Hey, the results actually came back insufficient. Um, meanwhile, you know, we look, we had an ultrasound and everything looked good. You know, she was growing. She had a good heartbeat, everything like that. Um, so at that point I was, you know, starting to get like, okay, what is going on? Um, you know, maybe it is twins. Like I just was convincing myself because you know, this is happening on a Friday. Right. I won't go in until Monday. Um, I feel like testing and things like that always seems to happen like that. It um,
0: really does. It always happens on a Friday.
1: <laughs> yes, and you're like, great, can't right. do anything. Yeah, or a holiday when they're closed. You know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, at this point, I had just told my family, um, and a few, um, close friends of mine, yeah, um, that I was pregnant because I didn't want to make it the announcement yet um which that was another hard thing because I was like okay I'm waiting on these test results but like I'm starting a show and also I'm in my second trimester you know right I should be able to um you know make an announcement but something I don't know something inside me was like not to do it until I um got these results back Um, so then that Monday I ended up going in, um, because we wanted to do a gender reveal. So she, I, she was like, oh, you can get, um, just the older sound, um, just to find out the gender, you know? And I had told my husband, I was like, you don't need to come. It's just going to be a quick thing. Like, He'd already came like the other two times and we live about an hour away from my OB. I was like, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. It's going to be super quick and everything like that. Yeah. So we went in or I went in and um, not thinking, honestly, I was thinking I'm going to have twins. Like that's what she's going to tell me. Yeah. And I got in there by myself and, you know, she wasn't her like joyful self and I knew something was wrong. Um, you know, as soon as that, you know, you're not hearing the heartbeat, um, yeah. and she, you know, I, w- I was just like, is everything okay? And she just was like, there's no heartbeat. Um, yeah. and, you know, I just broke down. I mean, I called my husband and, um, my mom and my sisters, like, and just, I went into the other room with my OB. She was so sweet, um you know, and so supportive um and just gave me the biggest hug. and I can remember her being like, We're gonna have another baby like you're gonna be okay, you know, and I mm-hmm. just it was really encouraging and um she. She gave me, you know, the choice to have a DNC, and she was like, "We could do that, or you know, we could get you into labor and delivery, and you could deliver that way." Um, th- at the time, the where she could get me in to get uh, to have a DNC was only abortion clinics, <laughs> yeah, up in um, the area. So she was like, "I don't know if you want to do that," and I just I had very uneasy. Um, thought about that. And I was like, no, mm-hmm. I, I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And she was like, you don't have to decide right now. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to go and, um, And that's what I wanted to do. So uh, at this point, d- has anybody arrived yet? Or were you still alone? I was still alone. Okay. Um, because I yeah, like I said, I live like about an hour and 15 minutes away mm. from my doctor. Yeah. Um, so and I had made my phone call, you know, I made it to my husband first and then I called my mom and my mom, you know, went right over to my husband's house. Um, and they drove down and, you know, we're going to come down and I was just like, I got to get out of here. Yes. (laughs) Um, but then my OB, she let me know that she was like, I'll be at, um, at the time I was going at medical she was like, I'll be there on Thursday morning. Um, like, we can get you in on Wednesday night, get you induced. You should be able to have the baby by Thursday. Um, meanwhile, this is Monday. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. So you're so emotional. You don't know what you're even doing. I yeah. um, And then I – so I drove back home. Um, so I think that in itself was really just – an out of body experience of like being back at home looking at your stomach and you know being like mm. there's not i don't know that to me was like the hardest thing of being like you're you look like you're pregnant and yet the baby is not here anymore I can't even imagine
0: what that's like
1: yeah so i um yeah so those like next two nights were just painful and Everything like that. And then, um, you know, we went in, like I said, on Wednesday night. um, She was like, yeah, well, you know, start inducing you. You should, you know, be able to have the baby by Thursday. Um, Because at this point, I was 16 weeks pregnant. Mm. Um, And the baby, she did not come until Friday. Mm. And yeah, so thankfully. you You were
0: in the hospital Wednesday night to Friday.
1: Yes. yes. Mm. And the oh my gosh and they have you walk into the room. Um I can remember vividly walking into the room with my husband and like we walk into I mean it's labor and deliveries where they have you go mm. and you I like remember seeing the baby bassinet there. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and I was just like me and my husband just like broke down. You know, I was just, I'm like, no one should ever have to go through this. Like, this is no. not normal. Um, and then, you know, I think I was even talking to uh, my mom about this recently where it's like, well, she got to also be in the room as well um, with my husband. But, you know, being there and, like, having my husband to be able to hold the baby and just – you know, pray over the baby um, and just having that time together, I think was our, it was just so eye-opening to him mm-hmm. where it kind of made it real to him where sometimes right. guys, I don't think fully understand what's going on. And for him to, you know, physically, you know, hold the baby and everything like that. I think that, um, I think that really shook him, you know, and just made him be like, oh, my goodness, you know. Mm. Wow. I mean, that is
0: that is very heavy. And that's a lot. I mean, I just I can't imagine. um, I can't imagine.
1: Yeah, it was definitely a lot. And then at the time, you know, we did not know, um, you know, what her gender still was. (laughs) So that was another kind of hard thing. Um, And then, you know, we wanted to get, you know, genetic testing still done because we didn't know, you know, what was the cause of this. Um, Mm -hmm which thankfully we were able to, um, you know, receive her diagnosis and everything like that. Um, whereas a very rare genetic, um, disorder that she would not have been able to, um, you know, live and, you know, knowing that I think is puts me at peace because yeah. I know she's healed now and, um, yeah you know, I do come from a lot of faith and, um, I just know that she is in heaven and she's healed now. Yeah. Mm. How do you feel like, um, I mean, I know you said
0: the waiting from Monday, you know, to Wednesday night, that was one of the hardest, uh, times. How would you describe, I know, you know, from Wednesday on, it was more physical, but would you say emotionally it was just more hard, from Monday on?
1: Yeah, I think emotionally I was just I guess I was, you know, so angry too because yeah. I'm just like, why me? Like yeah. why did this have to happen to my baby? Um, you know, where it's I did have another friend at the time that was like only a couple weeks um, you know, before me pregnant yeah. wise. And I just couldn't I just am like, why me? You know. Yeah. Um, I think I had a lot of that feeling of just, you know, or, or almost like, what did I do type right. feeling. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, and I think, I think too, like the, your body, I think my really kind of that to me was really confusing because I'm like, my body was starting to, you know, I had, an, it was my first pregnancy. I wasn't huge yet, but you know, I started showing and like, I think that the was hormones. Yeah. Yeah. And it that was just like, that was really hard too, because I'm like, I'm looking pregnant. This is my, you know, this is yeah. supposed to be exciting, but now it's like, it's no, like, I don't want anyone to see my stomach, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah. So talk us through kind of afterwards, after you delivered your girl, how was that physically and emotionally?
1: Yeah, I think, um, I mean, physically, I mean, I definitely, you know, labored and everything like that. Um, that was pretty rough. Mm. Um, and especially too, cause I'm like, I'm doing this for, you know, not, you know, not for end result of happiness, yeah. you know, it was the end result of, you know, mm. Mm. um, so I think with that, but, you know, I had so much peace at the hospital, um, um, that you don't even and I am you know I'm emotional but I'm not like one of those people that cries over everything type thing you know I cry in appropriate times um I remember like they had um the chaplain come in and she was like are you are you like has this hit you yet and I, I was like yes like I I understand like this, but I have peace and I have faith you know that um, to get me through this you know I know this wow. isn't the end of my story
0: yeah wow that's incredible so physically what would you say kind of the next few days what did that look like
1: yeah well um I'm trying to think I yeah I ended up going home after that Friday um, and I really didn't have too much um like physical, like pain that I had to get over or anything like yeah. that. Thankfully, um, I know that w- when my OB told me, you know, you could either do the DNC or um labor, she said sometimes this actually it's easier on your body because mm-hmm. your body's like naturally, you know, doing the work. Right. Um Where I know sometimes some people have had DNCs that I know where their hormone levels are still showing that they're pregnant. Um, Correct. Yeah. Yeah, so, and I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. So, I am glad I um, did that. You know, I went back to the doctor. They had checked my levels and everything was good. Um, And she was like, you guys can start trying. Um, She told us, she was like, you guys can start trying whenever. Like, we didn't have to wait, like, the six weeks or anything like that, she told us. Wow. Um, mm -hmm. Wow. So, um,
0: after your doctor told you that, did y'all... You know, have a conversation. I'm, I mean, I'm sure you did have a conversation as a couple, but how did y'all move forward with like when to start trying again, or what did that look
1: like? Yeah, Um, yeah. I think we definitely did. I know, I know my husband was like, "I want to try again, like as soon as we can," and I was a little bit more like, mm, "Like it just didn't feel like like good because I was yeah. just like, you know, something like we just had." you know, a baby die that came out of me. It's mm-hmm. it's a very weird disconnect of like, you know, having sex with your partner and then trying to have a baby, but then mm-hmm. and losing a baby. It's just, it's. Yeah. It's, it's almost playing. like the,
0: it's almost like the sex brings up, it's like a trigger for your loss because oh, yeah. you're like, we just did this and it ended up in a horrific traumatic loss. And now we want to try this thing again. Like, right. It's like exactly. a trigger and a, it's almost like PTSD. Um, you know,
1: mm-hmm. no, exactly. Exactly. And that's how it was for sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I would say like that first month, no, we didn't, I was like, no, I need to heal. You know, I was yeah. still mourning and, um, you know, just dealing with that emotionally wise, um, you know, so that was definitely hard.
0: Yeah. Did y'all find either you personally or y'all as a couple that y'all had specific triggers, you know, in the next few months or even year that, you know, just rig- really triggered you um because of your loss?
1: Um, I guess when people would like maybe triggers like by people's comments or things mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah, that would definitely be hard or I feel like, you know, during um, the loss, I feel like a lot of people that I thought would be around weren't around.
0: Mm, yeah. Um,
1: so that was kind of a hard thing. And then, you know, a lot of people that like, even I remember you reaching out to me, um, you're mm. a huge part of, you know, when I lost River that, um, you know, you just comforting me and, you know, sending me a text, you know, randomly when you didn't even know I needed it that day, yeah. but, um, you know, and just having someone to talk to about loss and through loss and everything, um, that has been huge, you know, having friends like you. And then, um, I have another really good friend that is also dealing with, um, infertility and everything like that. And she would always show up and always be there. And I, even though she's going through, you know, such a hard time herself. Yeah.
0: Mm, Well, yeah, I mean, I always say, you know, before me and my husband entered into this journey of infertility and loss that I probably, you know, didn't do everything right. And I probably wasn't there for friends like I should have been. But because I've been in this journey, I really have learned that it's always better to say something (laughs) than not Mm -hmm. say anything at all, especially after a loss. Um, And I think it's tricky because a lot of people don't know what to say and they are scared that they might make it worse or say the wrong thing. And, you know, I've learned and like you just said, like, it's always better to just
1: reach out and say something. Right. Yes, I would definitely say so for sure.
0: Um, Yeah. Wow. So and then I know you also mentioned, you know, your other friend who was pregnant around the same time. I'm sure. Was that a trigger, you know, other people being pregnant or having babies, you know, maybe when your little girl was supposed to be born?
1: Yeah, I definitely, um, I think too, like on, I, I can vividly remember like looking on Instagram and people, you know, river was due in, um, like mid November and people started posting, um, you know, pregnancy announcements for like December and then mm. January and then February, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" You know, we're already, you know that that was a huge trigger to me. Yeah. Um, and you know, I did. I I had to. What I had to do too was just mute people on Instagram. Was what I yeah. started doing. I was just like, I can't have this. It's not anything towards them. It's just I emotionally can't have that trigger when I look on something. Um, yeah, then, you were just setting a healthy boundary at the time. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, my friend groups and things like that, you know, I just would have to say no. And it's okay to I think I really came to the point um, as a person to be able to decide on what I what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do. You know, if someone invited me somewhere and I wasn't feeling up for it, like I, I have no obligation to anyone. I think I really learned that myself and I had to take my health, um, you know, emotionally, you know, I had to be the one to, um, you know, steer that for sure.
0: Totally. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Okay. So I know you just mentioned, and I don't know if we Talked about it yet? But the fact that you named your little girl River, tell us about that.
1: Yeah, um, her name is River. We um, we weren't sure, like I said at the hospital um, at the time that we had her, if it was a girl or a boy. Um, we had originally wanted the name um, Coast, which is actually the name of our baby right now that we have on Earth. Mm.
0: Um,
1: but at the time, um, since we didn't know what she was at the hospital that was another name that we were gonna we could kind of use for both ways you know if it was a boy or if it was a girl right um and we named her river and you know we actually live on a river (laughs) um but that's not the only reason why we named her that but um it's just something that we can always remember her by you know there's a lot of bible verses that talk about you know the streams and um and the rivers and heaven and everything like that. As um, yeah. So that's how we came up with her name.
0: Mm, I love that. And I know the answer to this question, but a lot of people don't. Um, Y'all, I know you did. I don't know if your husband did. Did did
1: something pretty permanent to honor her. Tell us about that. Yes, we actually ended up getting um, tattoos, matching tattoos with her name, Um, which for me, that was like my third tattoo. But for my husband, that was his first tattoo. And if anyone knows my husband, he's like, very OCD so that was a huge thing for him to get a tattoo (laughs) Um, but it's definitely you know we always are like it's something for us to always remember her by Um, you know and a big part of loss I think that is scary to me is that like you know you might I don't know like as time goes on and you don't mourn as much, um, you know, I don't ever want to forget her. I think mm-hmm. that's like the scariest part as life goes by and, you know, everything like that. And I'm still holding on to, um, you know, her and I try to think about her as often as I can. Um, obviously, like I said, I do have, um, a baby now and she's a four and a half months. Um, uh, and I think with that, I think it was just really hard because I was like, I'm so happy with this new baby, but I, you know, I didn't want to f- forget River.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you find that it was hard for other people to understand that, that you, you can have both, you know, feelings and emotions that you were extremely happy for your new baby girl coast, but, um, you also, you know, were grieving and remembering River.
1: Yeah, I think um, even I think my husband like didn't fully understand that. Like once um, we hit our year of River's birthday um, and we had just had recently had had Coast, um, he didn't understand why I was sad. He was yeah. like, I have a baby. And I'm like, that doesn't mean that I'm not sad. So I think right. that as a mom is really hard because we're the ones, you know, um, carrying the baby. We feel Mm -hmm. the baby. We connect with the baby. Um, where I know some people don't talk about, you know, their loss or their babies or name their babies. Um, but for something for me was just like, she was here and she, you know, I physically got to hold her too. Um, and, I I don't want to forget her. I think yeah.
0: that's really hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, from my personal journey, you know, my um, sweet counselor really urged me to come up with a ritual for my loss. And, you know, each loss had a different ritual and looked a little different. You know, some loss it was... um I got a piece of jewelry to remember, like a necklace with the initial or Mm -hmm. some loss. It was, um, I would go to a certain place every year, you know, so each loss looks different, but you know, part of the grieving process, it really does help you grieve and it helps remember and it helps, you know, honor the loss. So I think that's amazing that, um, y'all have chosen to do that and, um, come up with your ritual. Yeah what would you say is, I know there, I know you would say there's probably a lot of ways you've changed as a person, but if you had to pick maybe one or two or just anything that stands out to you, um, what way do you think you've really changed uh, from your loss?
1: Yeah, I think I would say, you know, I feel like I'm more empathetic towards people now. Um, You know, I have more of that empathy and when people are going through, you know, loss of any type, not just um, infant loss, um, I I think I can relate more now because I'm like, wow, you really do need people to show up at, you know, random times and just let people know you're there and just thinking of them, praying for them. Um, and then another thing I would say, like kind of how I mentioned before about, um, You know, just doing what was best for me and, Mm -hmm. you know, being selfish in that time of you don't I think I learned like I don't owe anyone anything um, other than, you know, like my husband and my family type thing. But like, you know, if it's uh, if it's too like taxing to do something emotionally, like I can stay home and I can and that's okay, you know, and I really had to accept that where it was okay to rest. Too. I think that's yeah, something yeah. I, I learned as well.
0: Yeah. And I think you brought up a really good point that um, when you have loss, you need people to come around you, not only at the beginning, but just at random times because, you know, everybody grieves differently, everybody handles loss differently. But I would say, I bet everybody would say that grief and loss comes in waves. And by waves, I mean, you know, it's horrible at the beginning and then you are fine the next month and then it comes back the next month, you know, so like no matter, you know, how your loss was, um, it always comes up at random times. You get triggered at random times. And sometimes you just have those days where you need your people around you. Right. Yes for sure. Uh I love that you said that. And then I guess just lastly, how do you think that, you know, you kind of live your life day to day or month to month with kind of this grief always there? Because another thing that I have learned is, you know, grief doesn't ever go away. It definitely can get better. And like you said, you know, like the morning gets better, but it's still always there and it'll always be a part of your life. So kind of just tell us, you know, how are you, how are you, you know, dealing with that?
1: Yeah, I think, um, yeah, you know, it definitely comes in the waves, like you said. Um, And then I think as a person too, like, I just, I I take life, it sounds cheesy, like, don't take life for granted, but honestly, like, just knowing that, you know, having a journey of, um you know trying to get pregnant and everything like that of it just it's just such a miracle when you have a baby yeah. you know and it's it, it's kind of crazy because our whole lives I feel like we've always were taught how easy it was to have a baby um yeah and I think just being more empathetic towards other people and just really um you know knowing that life isn't this easy glamorous thing um and that's one of the reasons why i i did i did decide to you know share my story on my instagram after um losing river Because I just wanted to show people, like, it's not all perfect here, like, and I wasn't showing it to say, um, like, oh, look at me, I'm so, like, poor me, you know, anything like that. I was just showing, like, you know, this is life, and if anyone else can, you know, relate, and I think that's a big thing of me sharing my story. I have talked to so many people, um, you know, and have reached out to me just saying, hey, like... I had a miscarriage or I had this. I, thank you so much for, you know, sharing it and or I, I, being able to talk to someone, um, you know, else about it with sharing my story and um, just continually to, you know, just relate with other people on your loss. Yeah, mm, that's amazing. Well, we...
0: um are super honored to have you share today with us because I do know that you will continue to help others by sharing your story. And I just want to say, you know, we really appreciate you being super vulnerable because, you know, talking publicly about such a personal and intimate issue is extremely challenging. So thank you so much, Kinsey. And uh, we were just so
1: glad that you were able to come on today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.
0: You know, I want to add to this episode that when Kinsey and I stopped recording, we were chatting a little bit afterwards, and she shared with me that she rehearsed three separate times at home to prepare for this interview because she just did not want to get emotional on air. And she said, Every time I rehearsed, I just cried and cried through every single one, and I could barely get through it. And I want to share that with you today if you're listening because. I want you to know that, you know, the grief is still very much so there in her life, and it's very real, and she deals with it constantly, and we just want you to know that if you are still grieving, that it's okay. There's no time limit to grief. Grief will always be a part of your life, and it'll hopefully get better in some ways, but you never really get over grieving. So from today's episode, if you were listening and you have currently gone through loss, uh, we want you to know that it's okay to be selfish with your time and to set up boundaries in certain relationships because that might be part of your healing process. And we also want you to know that if you're listening today and you have not gone through loss, to know that it's always better to say something and it's always better to reach out and just let them know that you are there for them and you're thinking of them or praying for them because in that time, you know, that's when they really need those friends to come around. So if you want to reach out, we would love to hear from you and your stories. The best way to do that is through our Instagram page and the handle is never alone and fertility and stay tuned for next week's episode as we discuss boundaries thanks for listening